Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, mi gente. At the beginning of December, I was able to attend the Latinx Wine Summit in Napa for three days of food, fun, networking with some of these amazing wine baddies all over. You guessed it. Lots of wine. Lots and lots of wine. It was so important for me to be part of this event because as many of you know, I'm not only a wine lover, but a huge supporter of Latino-owned wine brands, so much so that I created the first directory of these brands. And okay, I got to get my plug in here because if you have not checked out this wine brand directory, you need to do it now. Or maybe not now, maybe after after listening, or I guess you could do both. Um, but make sure to head over to the wineandcheesemaypodcast.com and get your hands on some of these wines. I promise you will not regret it. And it was so nice to finally meet and hug so many of these vintners that I've only emailed or Zoomed with and all of these wine people that I've connected with on social media and finally got to see in person. And of course, you know, I had to record my time there and get some interviews. So that is what this episode is all about. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts. So make sure to head over to my Instagram at the wine and cheesement and share. If you're so compelled, I would love to be rated and reviewed by you on Apple Podcasts. And you know, you can actually do it on Spotify. If you listen to the whole episode at the end, it will allow you to give a review and rate it. Please listen to this episode and let me know what you think. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast. A podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things. All while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. I am with Angela McCray of Uncorked and Cultured. And one of the reasons that this happened, this is the first in-person year. So seeing the turnout, like... How excited are you? Now that it's over, you can breathe. First of all, breathe. And now how do you feel? You know what? I feel amazing. Like literally this morning when we showed up and the rain was pouring and it was freezing cold outside. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All the things that you never want to happen on an event day happened. But we knew that it was going to be a phenomenal event because of the energy of the attendees, the energy of our speakers, the energy of our supporters. And just for us to sit here after the fact and be able to hear all these amazing panelists share their perspective and the importance of diversity in the wine industry and share how they created something out of nothing, whether it was, you know, coming from another country, 
being a first-timer here in the country and creating a phenomenal brand for themselves, creating sisterhood through wine, and creating a space that allowed people's voices to be amplified. That's what really I'm here about. That's why I came with and collaborated with the Hispanics of Wine and Gabriella to really create a platform for us to tell these voices. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful to be able to be a part of it. You know, when we first talked last summer, you know, I reached out to Gabby and I was like, hey, Gabby, I want to do this thing for Hispanics and Wine, um, Hispanic Heritage Month. And initially, I just wanted to, like, collaborate on, a, on the directory, which Gabby spoke about today. Right. And then I was like, maybe we could do some IG Lives. And then as we... the four of us got on a call, we realized that it was so much more that we could do. And at the time I was doing a lot of virtual events. I was like, well, you know, we could do a virtual event. Like that's what I do. You know, I do summits. I do conferences virtually. And that's how the Latinx Wine Summit was birthed through that conversation we had July, 2021. And here we are, December, 2022, here live in Napa. It's been amazing. room. Like every single seat was filled. Yes. How did you feel about it? I was excited to be part of, like, I did join last year for the virtual event, and I was just really excited to be able to be here in person for the event, for me, because I've talked to so many of these, uh, you know, wine brands, these Latino wine brands and stuff. Uh, It was really nice to see so many. It was nice to connect with you in person. It was nice to connect with the ladies from Hispanics and Hispanics and wine in person. Like, a lot of these people has been really cool because I've it's been through social media or Zoom or anything. So to be able to be here now and see all these people, it's just, like, I'm a connector. I love connecting. So it's just so different when you're able to touch and feel and hug people Absolutely. versus just seeing them on a screen. So I, I'm super excited. Like, I can't wait for next year. I'm part of this next year, just so you know. Oh, yes. I've already said We've already said it. We put it out there. And I want to say this. So I've been in the back the entire time working on the virtual component this year. So we're grateful to be able to do a hybrid event, right? So we still keep, are keeping the virtual component because not everyone is, for one, comfortable with traveling. Right. But we still are able to have that impact and bring that community together virtually. And there were people that joined us from Spain. Okay, so So that can that creates a global experience. And I'll just say this. The excitement that we feel here in the room is also being felt virtually. But I will say this as well, that when I was sitting in here just listening, the spirit was in the room. The spirit, the spirit was in the room. And I think we all felt it. And now we're getting ready to go and taste it. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much, Angela. How many times have we talked to Chris? But it's not enough. It's never enough, Chris. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the love. Thank you. So obviously I'm here with Chris Rivera from Seis Soles. One of, I mean, like everybody's probably like, oh my gosh, we're so tired of hearing <laughs> her talk about Seis Soles. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. okay, like somebody was like, why do you always drink their wine? And I was like, well, he always sends me wine and it's good wine. Yeah, yeah. Duh, why am I going to say no? Yeah, it's like, hey, you love that meal. Why would you keep eating it? Like, come on. Uh, but we are going to come out with some new stuff uh, for the wine. <laughs> and so uh, if you've tried our wine before and you've gotten used to it, I have some new stuff coming out, too. Okay, what do you have coming out? I know you said you have a new red blend coming out, the right? Tempranillo's coming out. Um, and, and the new vintages of everything is coming out. But a Tempranillo. And then uh, next year, uh, Beaujolais Nouveau style Carignan, 
23-year-old vineyard. Yeah, I'm expecting bottles of this. Uh, yeah, I got you. It's uh, like 25% whole cluster, very different from what I do. So we're going to try to mix it up a little bit. Okay, so this is the first year that the Latinx Wine Summit is in person. So how you were part of it virtually last year. Yeah. How did it feel being here in person this year? A uh, hundred times better. I mean, just to give, I'm more of a people person. I love giving hugs. Um, these people that I've created relationships with uh, that I never like actually got to see. It was a great time to meet them physically, but then also uh, hear people on these panels and connect more on an intimate level, get their energy. Because up here, we're talking about subjects that elicit emotions, you know? And so I, I really enjoyed watching their faces um, and seeing the details. So I loved it. I can't wait to try the, uh, the new things. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Melissa, will you introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Melissa Sanchez. And you are an attendee here of the Latinx Wine Summit. I am. Okay, so as an attendee, first, what made you want to attend? And second, how do you feel now that it's over, now that we're in the, into the wine? Like, what did you feel about everything that happened today? I'm so inspired, and I think it was just such an amazing day to not only to listen to the panelists, but to meet a lot of different people here from all kinds of different backgrounds, from working in the wine industry to um, having podcasts and just wanting to teach more people about wine. It's been really great. And we're just getting started with the wine. Right now we're at Gonzalez Wine, but I heard you're an attorney that works in cannabis right now, correct? I do, yes. And you said you wanted to get into wine? Yes. What makes you want to make that shift? Well, I've always grown up with wine, and then one of the speakers was talking about that one bottle of wine that kind of changed your life, and that happened to me on New Year's Eve. I was with my family here um, having lunch in Napa, and we had a bottle of Ruinart champagne that was just amazing, and I'd always loved wine, but I never really learned about it until after I drank that bottle of wine, or shared that bottle of wine with my family. It was like, I need to learn more about this and really understand um, how it is on my, you know, in my glass. And so uh, that just started me wanting to learn more about it. And, you know, of course, being, um, you know, my family is from Mexico. And so my parents came here as farm workers. So the agricultural part was always very, you know, around me and surrounded me. Um, but I didn't really know about the winemaking part itself. And so um, it's, it's, it was really that sort of education and that one bottle that led me here. Well, if you like sparkling wine, you definitely have to go to Las Amigas yes. because they're cuvee is amazing so salud thank you I am here with Rafael, the owner of Justicia Wines, who this is actually the first time I've met you because through some of your other reps is how I got your wine previously. So it's so nice to meet you. Yes, you, I think you've tried our wines through uh, our reps down in the L.A. area and San Diego. They, they work in that area. Yes, it's wonderful to meet you, too. It's always wonderful to meet people that are out there, you know, promoting these wines and, and enjoyed the wine, and especially when they've enjoyed yours so much. That's why we make it, you know, not just to drink it ourselves, but to have people enjoy it and, you know, feel good when they pick up our bottle and they know what, what it is and, and especially when they pass that along to other people. Yeah. So it's wonderful to see you here. Thank you. No, it's, I was just saying, like, I think I tore through your wine. It was really good. I had the Vino Noir, and I'm pretty sure I just 
Yeah, I don't have it anymore. I know that for sure. <laughs> well, you know where it is when you're ready for more. And of course, you know, the Chardonnay, you got to try that while you're here. I, I will definitely try that. So being here at the first in-person Latinx Wine Summit, why is that important to you? Well, it's the connection. It's really, you know, having grown up here in Napa, uh, before there were this many Latinos really here in the valley, and certainly hardly any in the wine industry. And then having started back in uh, the early 2000s, there weren't a lot of us doing this. There wasn't a lot of exchange because people out there were surprised that the few of us that were out there were doing it. So it's great to see this. It's great to see people and connect in other areas of the industry, like the hospitality, we've got, you know, chefs here, writers, psalms. So seeing all of that in with the same or very similar cultures, it makes us feel like we are part of a bigger community. So I think that's great. And it's, it's it, people are learning from each other here. So, you know, one of the things that was said earlier in one of the panels was how, like, wine is not always made for, like, they're like, oh, Latinos don't drink wine, or, oh, it doesn't go with our food. And last year we did a tamale and wine pairing. This year we're going to do a pozole and wine pairing. And one thing that I really love and I appreciate about Latino vintners and Latino wine brands is that they keep that in mind, right? Like what the foods that we eat, it's kept in mind, but it's also good with what people would consider traditional wine pairings. Right. Well, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, to, to a Mexican who grew up with those pairings. When we were drinking wine, when our parents would let us have a little wine, you know, when I was a teenager, we were eating Mexican food, the regular Mexican food. So we were doing those pairings way back before anybody thought of doing an actual pairing. So, and at our house and my parents' house where we, our family gets together almost every week, that's what we're eating. We're having uh, tamales or, you know, whatever she's making, sopes, uh, enchiladas, you know, and we're drinking not just our wine, but we like to try all other kinds of wine, and that's the food we, we have it with. So we've been doing that for years, and it's it's nice to see that people are catching up. <laughs> yes. Ravel, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I can't wait to try the other, the other wines. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for coming by. I'm with... The wonderful, the great, the one and only Kimi from The Roots Fund. Who I have to admit, look, The Roots Fund and Hispanics and Wine paired together. And I actually got a scholarship to take my W set two to take my next level of wine education, which I am currently working on so I can take my test and be certified in my next level of wine education. So I have to be transparent. Here we go. That's Super right. excited for you. Happy to see you take that exam. I know you're going to pass with distinction. I've already put it out in the universe. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to finally meet you in person. Awesome. It's like you, okay, you were part of the allyship panel. And everything that you were saying was so unbelievably powerful because here's my thing. As far as between, particularly between black and brown communities, 
there is so much, there tends to be a lot of forces that try to keep us separate. Always. But we have so much power when we come together. And the fact that we have such an amazing person as yourself really supporting that and fighting for that and doing things for communities of color across the board, like, that's really rad, first of all. Why was it so important for you to be here at the first in-person Latinx Find Summit? Well, for me, for starters, I'm big supporters of Maria and Lydia, all the great work they do. Gabriella, amazing with Big Sip Series, have done work with them separately, but I really wanted to show the world that we as organizations need to support one another. It's not a competition. I love everything that they do. They've reached out to me for help when they were building their 501c3. I feel that I will never gatekeep knowledge, especially with my own people that are trying to advance things for different sectors of people of color. I'm all for that. So I would not miss today, would not be here to support and be a part of anything that they're doing. Now, you guys also have your own wine now. The Roots Fund has their own wine. Tell, can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. So we made this wine with Bokish Vineyards out in Lodi. They are family. Elise, Marcus, Liz, Rich, the entire crew. And we have a blend of Graciano, Granacha, Tempranillo, and Zinfandel. And everyone knows Lodi has some of the best Zinfandel vines. So super excited about that. And the scholars made this blend. They created this label. And Marcus's mom, Mark, you know, Madam Bokish, she actually helped us create the name Equilibri. So it's super personal to us. Um, the wine is so authentic. It's, it's just amazing. It drinks well all year round, 2018. Super proud of it. So I'm going to ha obviously have to have you on the podcast to give more info. But just top line, what is the biggest thing you want people to know of what you're doing with the Roots Fund? I think the biggest thing is just to remind people that DE&I work isn't a trend, it isn't a fad. It needs to be an everyday practice and everything that we do. Then it takes away from it just being DE&I work. It's just work of human people. We should all be offered the same kindness, the same opportunities, the same successes in the world. And that's not true in the beverage space. It's not true in many spaces, but that's really what the Roots Fund is about, creating that space for people who look like us that deserve opportunities in this industry. Thank you, Kimmy. You're so amazing. I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. I'm looking forward to being on the podcast. Okay, will you please introduce yourself for me? Sure. My name is Luis Roberto Caballero Orozco, and I work at Jackson Family Wines. So the first thing people are going to be like, Jessica, uh, Jackson Family Wines, why are you interviewing somebody that's not Latino and you're at the Latinx Wine Summit? Pero so many people, like, I, I think it's so important to talk about the process of the winemaking, right? From the agricultural point yeah. to the pruning, to the pressing, to the winemaking that so many Latinos are part of that process. Definitely. Why was it important for you guys to be at the Latinx Wine Summit? Well, we were one of the big sponsors for the event and we that's one of the big pushes that we're doing now industry-wide, but especially at Jackson Family Wines is really putting, our, putting money where our mouth is, you know, and not just talking the talk, but walking the walk and getting out in the community and supporting organizations and causes that are important for Latinos, especially because in the state of California, the agricultural industry in general, but especially the wine industry, would not exist if it weren't for nuestra gente. Out in the fields, in the wineries, and also marketing the wine, distributing it. We really have made this a wonderful industry in California, and this is just one way for us to give back to the community, and I'm hoping it'll be the first of many things that we do at Jackson Family Wines. 
No, I, that's that's super rad. And then you gave me your card, and you have like, how? Wait, how many wine brands are under Jackson Family Wines? <laughs> it's hard to keep track sometimes. Um, I want to say it's more than sixty different uh, different items in our portfolio. And you know, we're we're obviously based in California. This is where we got our start with Kendall Jackson. People might recognize the name as like the Chardonnay that they see across the country and supermarkets and yeah. restaurants. Uh, but you know, but we got a lot of different wine that are part of the Jackson Family Wine portfolio here in California and Oregon and Argentina and Italy and France and Australia and South Africa. So, I mean, we're really, we're really around the world. Can I get a tour of all those wineries? Yeah, let's go right now. <laughs> <laughs> First up is come on down. Come, we're in California. We're in Santa Rosa and Sonoma and in Napa. And for anyone who wants to come over, just let us know that you heard about us on Wine and Cheese My Podcast and we'll love to uh, hook you up. So I know one of the things, like obviously people know me for really amplifying and, and really talking about, you know, Latino wine brands. Yeah, awesome. But one of the other things I think, like I said, is so important in regards to the chain of how wine is made, right? What are the things that Jackson Family Wine is doing to ensure that our community is not taken advantage of? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things, I oversee a program that teaches English and Spanish languages to our employees. And so we have just this really wonderful group of people working there in all areas of the company, but especially in the production areas, which are vineyards and wineries. Um, and so we teach ESL classes and it really is intended to open up doors for them in their careers, to empower them, to know, you know what kinds of different positions they could move into. We're really big on people joining the company and getting a lot of experience in different areas of the company. And so removing that language barrier is one way that we open up doors for nuestra gente, you know, for someone who wants to work up the ranks and become either supervisor or a manager or even move into a different side of the company altogether. Another thing that I'm really passionate about is making sure that we become a bilingual, multicultural company so that it's not just getting, you know, Latino immigrants to learn English, but getting the management and the leaders to learn Spanish. And I'm just so heartened and inspired by how much interest there is at the company for everyone to become bilingual, for everyone who's interested to take advantage of all the wonderful professional development opportunities that we offer for our employees. That is awesome. Are your toes freezing like mine are? Yes, they are. This is red wine <laughs> weather, so I might go get another glass myself. Aren't you happy that you already had harvest? Oh, yeah. We're all recovering from that and just looking forward to the holiday season. Thank you so much. Gracias a ti. I am with the owner of Cercos Wine. Please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is uh, Luis Gallegos. I am the owner and winemaker of Surcos Mines. And we have talked through email several times, but this is the first time we're meeting a person, so I'm super excited about that. Why was it important for you guys, for you, for Cercos Wines, to be here in person for the first Latinx Wine Summit? I think it's important because it's a big community, you know, and we're all shooting for the right direction and uh, we all here to help each other out and get to know each other and get to know each other's wines also too you know we we all each get to showcase what we can do with wines are there any wines here that you have not tried yet there's a few because i've been stuck here pouring my wines which wines have you not tried yet what are you excited to try i haven't tried solorios and i haven't tried fafia and I haven't tried Ortegas. Okay, let me tell you from personal experience, I can't lie, this is really hard because I will say for any of the Latineo wine brands, I've not had a bad one. I'm not gonna lie. Yo, yours is the best? Is that good? <laughs> 
Mine's good, right? <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. I have to finish. This is, I'm trying the Las oh, Amigas uh, sparkling rosé because I haven't tried the rosé so yet. I'm up next. You, you're, you're up next. You'll be tasting my wines yes. and then you will let me know what your thoughts are. Yes, and then you guys are going to, you and your wife, Paola, are going to come on the podcast. Yes, we will. And so we can talk about your story. Yes, for sure. Because that's so important. People want to know your stories. So, yes. Are your... Let's make it happen. Yes. Are your feet freezing like mine are? Yes. <laughs> no, my feet are not, but my back is. <laughs> my, my feet are actually, I'm not going to lie. My feet are no longer freezing because they're numb. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. Why do you have to go me first? Go me here first. Oh. My name is uh, Marissa Torres, soon to be Garcia, because I'm going to drop Torres pretty soon, about six months. I am you're here. You're Torres because yeah. you're gaining Garcia? No, because I'm divorcing Torres. <laughs> Do what you got to do. In all a good, positive way. I am here because I am trying to find a niche or a path to get back into or try to find my way, my way to wine. No matter what it is, what path, if it's sip or some or marketing or pour or taste or whatever, or sell. It's uh, trying to find a calling for myself. Okay, I'm going to say that I love that you're open to all of those things. Yeah. Because there's more, I think it's so important to know that there's more to wine than just the making of the wine. Obviously, that's the yes, most important yes, thing, right? Yes. But I ended up in doing wine stuff, and I don't make a lick of wine. Yeah. But I love that you're open to that. So why was it so important for you to be here today? I think it's because I'm in my 40s. So I am just trying to find uh, a path for myself without even caring about, is it too late? Is it, you know... Because I just kind of grew up thinking, like, you got to do this before this your age. You got to do this before you got to accomplish this before this type of age. So I pretty much kind of like threw all that out and just kind of find what I meant to be. Okay, let me tell you, I promise you. It's not too late. I didn't start this podcast till I was 42 years old. And I feel like, yeah, well, I'm 45 now. <laughs> but I think so often we're told that we have to do things in a certain timeline. You don't. You don't. Never. Never. So I'm so happy that you're open to the possibility. Recently, I've accepted that. It's like, fuck it. Do what you want. Find your path. Meet people. And I just met her today. And we kind of have a similar story. We have a okay. very similar story. Similar. You know? So my name is Melissa Bravo. Um, and the reason why I'm here at this event is I got invited by Armando Tam. So he's one of the speakers here. And you know what? I met her and we literally clicked because we're kind of in the same story. I actually been divorced twice. I got an eight-year-old and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life because I dedicated my life to being a housewife, to being a mom. So now I'm like, you know, same here. I'm trying to discover myself what I could do next. So, and I was just telling her too, like, you know, I'm going to turn 42 this month. I'm basically finding out what is my next step, my next chapter. So I will tell you guys, both of you this. For the first time in my life, I found what I was meant to do when I was 42, right? When I found this podcast and it didn't even start with the wine. It really started with telling stories and hearing about other people and everything like that. So 
I am so proud of both of you for just being open to that because it's not easy. I was telling somebody, this was like, I was kind of like hesitant to come to get a ticket. Because like, should I, will it benefit me? Will it not? Or, you know, I mean, yeah, it's wine, but like, what am I going to listen to? And then listening to all the panels today, it's just, it made me feel more like, more like, yeah, I can do something. I can try to do something. I can reach out and drink my way through what I want. And and eventually I'll find what I'm meant to be to do. So it's... And then I met a new friend, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was surprising to, when I met her, Armando was like, oh, you're, she's going to be your, your new best friend. Remember? Literally. Yeah. Literally. So we're like, okay, we talking, you know? We're like, oh my God, we're kind of in the same, you know? Yeah. Same we, boat. We had our own, our own little conversation and we were like pretty much on the same, same yeah. vibe, you know? So it's kind of... It's, so we're like, you know, I, I just think the whole, you know, uh, oh, you're 40. What, what are you going to do? What's yeah. your profession? No, no, 40. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, yes, now. yes, I'm, thank and you. I'm discovering myself. I'm discovering what I'm going to do next. New vibes, and it's never new too late. Experiences, yeah. no cares, no, yeah. just do whatever feels right. Ladies, thank you so much. Like, that's, that's amazing. Seriously, I'm so proud of both of you. Thank you, thank you. And I can't wait to see what you both do. Thank you. I'm with the original, the wonderful Las Amigas, both of them, with Miriam and Lola. And if you guys have not heard my podcast with them, shame on you, I'm just saying. You need to go back because... If you like sparkling wine, first of all, each of them has their own respective wine with their husbands. However, they also have come together and they've created Las Amigas. And I am not kidding when I say this. They are the best sparkling wines. My sister gets like the super expensive sparkling wines. And I still tell them, like, she even likes your guys' better. It's because ours is made with a lot of love. It's got a lot of soul in it. We are a micro business, but we are connecting with our amigas. Yes, and we are super excited because we just recently released our um, second sparkling wine. It's a sparkling rosé of Zinfandel, and we made 130 cases, so get it right now while you can. I just tasted it, and it was really good. I feel, I, I look... I kind of am biased when it comes to you guys. I'm not going to lie, but I'm biased for a good reason because the wines that you send me and the sparkling wines, they're like so good. But not only our wines, but then we sparked out of pandemic and I believe you did the same thing. Yeah. And we met during the pandemic rough times. We so did. So we have that special connection. So of course we have to be your favorites. Yes. You guys have, like, I am... Even today, I was saying how Ondrama, how Yamas wines have, and Avi and Herencia del Valle, how you guys have literally been supporting the podcast from since I reached out to you guys and how much you guys mean to me. Yeah, it's, so I am biased for a reason because you literally, since I reached out, you're like, yes, what can we do? How can we work together? Whatever, whatever. And... You never, but also the wines never disappoint. Thank you so much. Now we're super proud of the products that we're making. Um, we're we're very, as Miriam said, very small uh, wine brands, but um, I think that's what a lot of people are looking for these days: something unique, um, something special, and that's what you'll get with Onrama and Yamas. Okay, Lola, why was it so important for you guys to be here at the first in-person Latinx wine wine summit? Well. 
anytime Gabby invites us to do anything, we definitely want to participate because we know it's going to be a great thing. I honestly had, didn't, didn't even know about the first one, and so I was really excited to hear about this second annual one and that it was going to be in person. So we just loved the opportunity, or loved having this opportunity to meet new people, to share our stories, and it's been great. And Miriam, why is it so important for you guys to be here? Well, when I heard Latinx, La Gran Cata, hello, we're elevating <laughs> our culture, we're elevating our people, we're paying tribute to all of the hard work that has been done before us, and we're here showcasing what we're doing, and hopefully being uh, an inspiration and in some way opening the gap for our new generations. You absolutely are, and if... Like, you guys have just done so much, and I appreciate you guys so much. I love you. We love you. Maria Calvert here with Hispanics and Wine, co-founder, but also PR and marketing consultant. Um, my name is Lydia Richards I'm from Panama, also from a co-founder of Hispanics and Wine. I am a PR professional. I work for an importer here in the U.S., and yes, as well, I'm part of the nonprofit organization. I am so excited because this is the first, last year it was virtual and I got to be part of that. This year it's in person and I got to be here. Look, next year, let's just be honest, I'm gonna like legit be part of 100%. the whole situation. You're already part of it. Yeah. Like, let's be serious, you're here right now in person, you're here. Why was it so important for both of you to not only create this space, but have it in person? Oh man. I That's think, a, yeah. great. Lydia, please take it away right now. No, no, I think I think obviously it was important for so many reasons, but thinking about coming us coming from a pandemic where we were separated and it was mostly like this virtual space in which a lot of us connected, um, we just felt the need to have this event in person so we can really meet all these people that we've been interacting with all throughout like the past two years, which seems to this day still seems surreal to me. Like you're a great example of that we've connected, we've chatted over over Instagram of the social media for so long and like you being here, you interviewing is right right now, it's incredible. Same with all these winemakers, producers, even Gabriela and like being her being the moderator, Angela from Uncorked and Culture. Like we all have been talking to each other for so long virtually. Mm -hmm. That's insane for us to all be in the same space together. I think that was that was the the, the part of that connection that we needed, that in-person um, connection. Yeah, and just to add to that, from a consumer perspective, anyone who like drinks wine, whether it's occasionally or like once a week or twice a week, heck, we all love like a glass or two a week. Um, just being here in Napa, like you think of U.S. winemaking, or you, you just think of Napa, right? But there's just so much to discover here in the U.S., right? Outside of Napa, you have so many places in California and then across the different states. But here being for the first time in person for the Latinx Wine Summit, we're like, if you autom automatically think of that as a consumer, let's do it in Napa and then we'll kick it off to other markets. Yeah. I love that. And I also love because I think there's somebody said it earlier. I think Gabriela said it earlier that there's so many times where people are often pitted against one another. Mm -hmm. But there is so much room for all of us to succeed in so many different things. What do you think the biggest takeaway for you guys in your first year of being 
in person has been. Oh man, we need to do it again. The pressure's on. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, I think that's sort of one of our biggest takeaways, but just seeing everybody, all these winemakers connecting. Well, you, you were at the mixer yesterday, like just having a chance for the panelists, the organizers, the people from the Gran Cato connecting and exchanging business cards, networking, but like, oh, maybe I can help you with this. Maybe I can help you with that. I thought that was beautiful. And then seeing that today, honestly, right now, as we're breaking down, everybody's like kind of like coming together and helping us out. It's just so beautiful to see all of us connecting as a community, just as the Latino community is. We all help each other out. Yeah, and I think part of like supporting one another or being here in community is also like, hey, you have an opportunity to talk to someone who maybe you wouldn't have connected with. Like if you're in California and Oregon or like we're coming from the East Coast, like there's opportunity there, but also there's a way to support each other. Like let's amplify each other. And also like I had a really great like emotional conversation with two of our panelists. I'm not mentioning their names, (laughs) but I mean, Armando and April. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was just emotional because I was just like, You know, I'm just so thankful of you taking from your very busy schedule. And like, I don't mean that lightly. Like, we're all very busy. Like, we just ended harvest. We're all like exhausted. And especially if you're flying from like outside of California or within California, like (laughs) even San Diego, just even if you're driving 10 minutes away, that's 10 minutes away that you're putting effort to be here. It's just so valuable to us. And We just want to make sure that like both our panelists, but attendees, but just virtually speaking also, it's just the time you're putting in this five minutes to like the full eight hours, your time is so valuable because if it wasn't for your participation, we need that support. And that support means being in community and community means like not sponsors, just not panelists. It's everyone involved. So I'm going to have you both obviously on the podcast because there's so much more to talk about. But I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you guys do. I appreciate it on more than one level because I'm a recipient of a combination of the Roots and Hispanics in Wine scholarship so I could get my next level of of wine certification. So I just want to say thank you guys for being able to put this on, to have the heart because I think saying you're going to do something is one thing, but having the heart and following through is totally different. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys both so much. I can't wait to see what happens next year and I can't wait to continue to be a part of it. Thank you so much. No, and and I feel like honestly, like thank you for taking that like jump for applying because I feel like we've had a lot of conversations but like you deserve to apply to the scholarship to have this opportunity and not just because of the financials part but also because you belong to these both different communities that which is why Hispanics and Wine partnered with the Roots Fund because we're both aligned with the mission and it's at the end of the day back to your conversation there's space for everyone and that space means community and so thank you for applying and we're just so happy for you being a scholar and obviously you came from San Diego so (laughs) thank you I mean like gracias for the troop here it was very hard to to pull away and go and come to Napa (laughs) to drink wine I mean wine here guys I'm leaving literally with a case that's why I fly Alaska (laughs) because I get to take a case of wine at no cost (laughs) Alaska if you're listening to this you need to sponsor the podcast Uh, sponsor Pedro like Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last but certainly not least, Gabriela. Hola. 
<laughs> you have been the MC of today's event. You have been part of this whole thing. But being an MC, obviously, you have to keep the energy up. You have to keep. But you're more than just an MC because your family comes from the wine industry as well. So, what does being part of the Latinx Wine Summit mean to you? Uh, to me, it's about creating opportunity. I think when you look at the whole scope of everything that we've built with every other incredible organizer who's been a part of this is about having conversaciones, conversations about what is it that we want people to take away from the event, right? And multiple things that I heard throughout the day, multiple things that I hoped for that I received in return was visibility, representation, and more than anything, people feeling like they finally had a space and a voice to feel like people saw them all day long. I've, I felt like any conversation I can have with so many, so many wonderful people. There are so many wonderful people in the audience who easily could have been up here on this panel, on multiple panels talking with me. And those individuals have come up to me and we've had conversations about the energy and the tenacity that our people have had in the wine industry to be able to sobresalir from so many of the hardships that we've all experienced. Um, my dad was a farm worker for the longest time, and that's how I originally got into the industry. It was funny, someone was talking to me about, um, you know, how how is it being born and raised in Napa, and, and it's a little bit of a struggle identity-wise, because I went to school with the kids of parents who were the owners of wineries. And so during the day at school, which is a great education in St. Helena, which is where I got my education from, great, great school, everything positive. Going to school and then going to hang out with them afterwards at their houses, you know, mansions, all this stuff for a moment, right? This is a moment in time. Right. And then going home where my family, where we could afford to live was like Briessa, which was a two and a half hour bus ride. Every morning, every afternoon, I would wake up at 5.30, get on the bus, I'd be at school by like 7.30, almost eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and to go home to a trailer park, which is where we lived, and to have that be my reality, you know, and to see what my parents had to do every single day to survive, which at that time, like, you don't realize it, right? Like, maybe you grow... Con un poquito de envidia. Maybe you grow up with a little bit of frustration. Like, why can't I have this? Why can't I have that? Like, why don't you do this for me? Like, my friend's parents do this for me. There's this guilt that comes with that. And I feel like growing up, you learn so much more about your family and the sacrifices that they make in order to give you a life that you really should be so grateful for because the hardships that they experience, me being an educated woman, having the opportunity to go to college, having an opportunity to have English be my first language, being a first-generation student, you would think things are easy for you, right? And yet you also experience challenges and you also experience microaggressions in the workforce and you can be knowledgeable, you can be educated, you can have English be your first language, but you still have to come to the table feeling three times as prepared as somebody who looks the exact opposite of you because somebody will always second guess why your existence and why your self deserves to be in that space and in that room. And so to be here with all these individuals who had very similar stories, who felt very, who felt like they embodied the same things that I was speaking about and that I had personally come through, but who were able to push past that and to know that there were so many also other individuals in the room that wanted to see the industry become more open and embrace more individuals and to have a whole room of Latinidad that was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like that energy. When you asked me about my energy and like how I was able to keep that going, it's not because 
I have like, you know, some Energizer battery like attached to me. It's because I see the look on people's faces. I see how they're lighting up. I see how people feel acknowledged. That acknowledgement, the fact that you don't feel invisible, the fact that somebody is recognizing like your soul, right? Like the inner part, like the deepest part of your being. To me, that is that is what drives me. That is what kept me up here being like, we got to keep this going, full pressed, hardcore, everything. Today, tomorrow, in the industry, in whatever spaces you operate in, like that needs to be the energy, the vibe that you come with every single day because you don't ever know who you're speaking to, who's looking up to you, anybody that can just help influence and be inspired by some of that. And I get inspired by every single people that I, I met today that I talked to that was a part of today's event and that just believed in the mission of what we were doing. I don't even know. I don't think there's anything else to ask you, girl. <laughs> you just spilled all the cheese man. All the cheese man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, we do that. Got Literally. Oh, I'm I appreciate so happy. you. Gracias. Thank Gracias you. for everything that you did. I'm so glad we had a dinner last night. You're just amazing. And so many other collaborations going to come from this. Absolutely. And I hope if anybody took anything away from today, it was the power of networking, the power of communication, the power of networking, the power of coming together. And juntos podemos y vamos con todo y lo vamos a hacer y para adelante. And, and that's where we're going. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this special episode of the Wine and Choose My podcast, and let's keep the momentum going for 2023. There are a lot of special things, including my first time taking the podcast on tour. So make sure to stay tuned for dates and locations to be announced soon. Thank you for making 2022 so awesome. And I am so happy and excited for what 2023 is going to bring. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Cheesemate on Instagram and at The Wine and Cheesemate Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheesemate, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.